0: You are listening to the Inside Out Podcast. Brent Kimball and Michael Anderson discuss all things living the gospel with those inside of the family of God and bringing the gospel to those outside of the family of God. Let's live Inside Out. Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of the Inside Out Podcast. You know, it's a bit lonely today. It's just us. It's just me and you. The listener from our vast listening audience today, but that's all right. We're going to be together. We're going to have a good time today. We're going to continue in what we've been doing over the past couple weeks is following up on our sermons during this Are We There Yet? series. And just by way of an exciting announcement, we just got in some of our Are We There Yet? series merch so we've got some shirts they look great we're going to roll them out next sunday on february 4th but super awesome we're really excited about it but this past sunday we talked through waypoint number three which was of course share the faith now if you're a follower of jesus when you hear that word your mind goes to the word evangelism and the necessity of telling other people about jesus about the gospel story And about your story. Now, of course, we know biblically that comes with a mandate given to us Christians. Jesus says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be my witnesses. He shared that with his original disciples and told them, You will receive the Holy Spirit to be witnesses to me, to others who are not yet a part of the faith. And as Christians, we've gone about this in so many different ways. I can remember back in Bible college and I was taking a class on evangelism and I remember it got to the day of the final. And so as a college student, you've you've studied all the things they laid out for us. You were ready, you had your book smarts ready to go and I remember our professor said, "You know, are you ready for your final?" And of course, some of us said yes. Others said not yet. Others were praying silently to themselves, and he said, for our final, we are going to go share the gospel with people out in the community. Now, I think that everybody thinks that evangelism is a great idea until it comes time to evangelize, and so that's what we did. For our final in that class, we went to we went to a local Walmart, which I tell you what, Walmart is an interesting place to be no matter what you're doing. But when it comes to sharing the faith, man, it makes it doubly interesting. And so it was quite the experience to be down at a Walmart in King County sharing the gospel with complete strangers. And that's a a core memory that comes to my mind when I think of uh, sharing the faith. Another one I can think of is that when I was late high school early college beginning to develop some serious convictions about how you should and shouldn't go about doing things of course very knowledgeable at that age very wise and and I was out at at lunch with my grandfather now we would always he'd always take me out to Sherry's the one here in Burlington and so we'd go to Sherry's and he would always 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 leave a tract with his tip that he gave the waitress. Now if you don't know what a tract is, let me just take a moment to educate you real quick. A tract is something that people used to give out their little booklets with with information on on how to how to become a Christian and 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 all those things. And it's like it was so, so popular, I think back in the 70s and probably 80s, and that was my grandfather's predominant method of evangelism. And I just remember me as a late high school or early college age kid just just rolling my eyes and going, Oh my goodness, like that is so cheesy. And just thinking that I had it all together and I had all the answers. And, you know, I look back on that now and I realize, you know, my grandfather had a love for lost people. He wanted them to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, and he was just simply doing whatever it took to introduce them to the message and I think we can so easily despise certain methods of sharing the faith uh, that we just we become maybe a little bit cynical about the whole process entirely and that's certainly not a place where we want to be. And one of the things that I talked about on Sunday was this fact that we don't have to think about evangelism as if we are making a sales pitch. I think honestly that's that's where our minds go. We think that we just have to do a good enough job of selling it to people and, and doing a good enough job of using our words to convince them and making the sale and closing the deal. And that's just simply not what it is. We, we don't see that within the pages of the New Testament. We simply see good news proclaimed, and then it's received or rejected. And I just think even going through... That waypoint myself, it was such a liberating thing to realize that I do the sharing, I've been tasked with the job of doing the sharing, and God through his spirit will do the saving. And that's just an incredibly just great thing to rest in and, and, to, and to find comfort in, is that I don't have to bring these things about. I, I can take that pressure off of myself And I can simply do the job to which I've been called. And and another thing that I mentioned is because of that, is because evangelism is is really a process more than it is a moment. It's not just a process. It can be a moment. I want to make sure to state that and emphasize that. The fact is, is that when we come in proximity with people, like that that card we gave out on Sunday— Maybe you were here and you wrote down names of people that you know that you're in close proximity with. Chances are those are people that you interact with on a regular basis. And so chances are evangelism will not be a moment in time, but a continual conversation with this individual. And that being the case, I think there are some important things for us to to understand when it comes to these conversations that we have with people. So again, sharing the faith. It doesn't consist of a monologue that ends with a proposition. Are you in or are you out? But the bulk of it will take place over the course of a shared life with the recipient of the message. It's going to take place at your dinner table. It's going to take place at coffee shops or at your child's sporting events. I mean, you name it. Conversations will take place. Now, I think because that's the case you and i have to develop the skill of working the gospel into regular conversations in the everyday stuff of life so i want to talk about getting to the gospel in normal conversation so here's the first thing that we need to be doing if we're going to work this into something that's a part of our regular rhythm what we need to do is avoid the bait and switch approach to evangelism so if you invite an unsaved friend out to coffee and you guys are catching up and, and you're having a good time and you're talking and maybe there's a point in that in that meeting where the conversation sort of dies down. It's rarely wise to declare, well friend, you know, the real reason I ask you here to coffee is so that I could tell you a few things about my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That feels like a, like a bait and switch approach. That sort of leaves the person that you're meeting with thinking, did they actually want to meet with me and were they concerned about how I was doing or did they just want to tell me about their religion? Again, this is coming from their perspective. I think that that sort of backdoor approach for most people feels disingenuous at best and manipulative at worst. I think a second thing we need to consider is as we have these conversations, as we learn to have these conversations with people, we have to take the, I have good news for you test. So if you really believe the gospel is good news. Remember what we talked about on Sunday. That good news is not a mild statement that we make. It's not simply something that we say, "Oh, that's good news." It is life-altering, profound news that we get. Now, listen, I mentioned I mentioned the character of who ran 25 miles to give the good news to the city of Athens that they had won the victory. It's that kind of important news. If we believe in that good news, it's going to show in your life. It is going to be applicable to the very real struggles that your friends, your neighbors, and your co-workers will inevitably mention to you. So the challenge for you and the goal for you is to internalize the gospel in such a way that you can work its truths into all types of conversations. Now, the joke is, if you have been kind of raised in church, that Jesus is the answer. You know, whatever question is asked, the answer is Jesus. That's not what we're getting to here. I think that that we have to check for our gospel fluency and we have to put the words, I have good news for you in front of your statements. So for example, if you have a neighbor of yours in your kitchen and you're having this conversation and they're dealing with loneliness, they just express to you, hey, since the pandemic, I've been so incredibly lonely. I've been desperate to find community and I'm just really struggling. Does it work to say, I have good news for you. You really need to get better at making friends. Of course not. Of course that doesn't work. However, does it work if you say, I have good news for you. I hate that you feel lonely, and I think that God hates that too. Maybe part of the reason that we met is because his son Jesus was despised and rejected by men and was abandoned and was outcast and knows everything that you are experiencing. He died and rose again so that you can know him and that you can form new friendships within the family of God. That's good news. That's a way to insert gospel truth into conversations naturally without a forced or awkward presentation. That doesn't feel like I'm making a sales pitch. That feels like like I am giving this person news that is actually good. It's not casual. It's not mild. It's life-changing news. Here's something that I mentioned on Sunday that I, I want to make sure that we and get a handle on and it's it's a challenge friends i'm i'm the first person to raise my hands and say you know what this is challenging be better at listening than you are at talking this is so incredibly important as you are in conversation be attentive to the places of pain that exist in the lives of people listen as they share things that that bring them joy listen when they talk about things they hope for for the future when people allude to these sort of aspects, that is your green light to ask more questions. Those things are conversational markers. I think of it like this when, you know, we as a family, and probably you do this as well, when we go out to the rocky beaches of Washington, we're looking for like the good rock to flip over to find crabs or, or other marine life underneath we see we see those rocks as markers and we go there's something going on underneath there and i think that when we come across those statements in the lives of our unsaved friends we need to flip those rocks over begin to ask questions begin to ask the pointed questions that help draw those things out why Why are they experiencing the fears that they're experiencing? And what things are bringing them joy? Uh, What things are they putting their trust in? Begin to draw those answers out of them. And you can apply the gospel very naturally to those situations. And even more than that, you know, think about a conversation that you've been in. or Maybe think about that person in your life that never asks a single question ever. I mean, there's, we all know people like this, right? We're having a conversation with them. And as soon as you say something, they say something back. And it feels like conversational ping pong. That can get pretty old really fast because it's very obvious that that person just wants to share with you. But think about the people that make you feel really valued as a person. More often than not, those are the people that you make a statement and they ask a probing question. You share something that's going on in your life and they ask, a, you know, tell me about that. How did you feel about that? Or they're like, it shows that they're invested in the conversation and they're invested in you as a person. I think the simple act of asking someone a question can be a really powerful tool when it comes to sharing the faith. And that's, that's the fourth thing that I want to talk about today is ask good questions I mean, it's incredibly, incredibly important. Again, they're conversational markers. In your podcast notes, you're going to have just an entire section of questions that can help you drive the conversation forward with somebody. I mean, that's, this is how simple this is. You can copy these questions into the notes app on your phone and just utilize them to have conversations with people and begin to find out what they're passionate about, what their fears are, what their struggles are. It's incredibly, incredibly powerful. So what we've talked about so far is simply all prep work to get to the gospel. This is going to help you remove roadblocks and just really speak with with truthful precision into the life of a person. Now, I want to make sure that you remember on March 23rd, I know that that's a little bit away from today, but it's worthwhile just marking on your calendar. That's going to be a morning-long workshop where we talk about developing and learning how to share our story and the gospel story. But I want to leave you in this podcast with just just two more things that you can do for people that you know who are unsaved. They they don't yet know Jesus. I think that it's important to remember these two things. And I think I think that that we will kind of fall into either of these camps naturally, and we really need to be doing need to be doing both well. So the first is to act wisely on their behalf. Um, I think that so many times, you know, some of us in, in the culture that we live in, we want to go in like a bowl in the China shop and just speak truth brashly and boldly. And while certainly there is a time for that, we have to, we have to be wise about the way we go about sharing the gospel with outsiders. Uh, James chapter three, verse 17 says, but the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. I think that it's so important to remember that verse when it comes to interacting with people who don't yet know Jesus because they're coming in with a lot of misconceptions about what Christians are like. They're coming in with some erroneous worldviews and it's easy for us to get into this constant mode of apologetics. Now, apologetics are not bad, that defending the faith and, and reasoning out certain aspects, that's certainly a good thing, but we don't want that to be the constant message. We're never going to argue somebody into a relationship with Jesus. And so acting wisely, picking your spots, knowing when to engage in conversation is incredibly, incredibly important. Now, the danger that we can face in that regard is that we can be people who just never speak up and never say anything. You know, when we're looking for our moment, we can just stop and and forget to look for the moment entirely. We can become a little too timid and maybe even complacent in sharing the gospel with others. So, not only should we act wisely, we need to speak boldly. So, there is a moment in time where because of your love for somebody, you are willing to speak the truth of the gospel into their lives. There is a moment when me and my, my sons were at a crosswalk and we were crossing the street and a car that was oncoming was not slowing down. In that moment, my love and my deep care and concern for my children forced me To grab them by the scruff of their necks, by their clothes, and yank them out of harm's way. Now, if you were to look at that in a vacuum, you would not consider that to be a loving act whatsoever. You may consider me to be a violent and hurtful man in that moment, but that was the most loving thing that I could do in that time for my children to keep them from heading toward certain disaster. When you love the people around you with a genuine Christ-like love, you're going to be willing to do what's needed, and at times, you're going to be willing to say what's needed. You're going to be willing to engage in difficult conversations. You're going to be willing to confront sin, not because it's something that you necessarily enjoy doing, but because of the love that you have for that person. Being able to speak boldly means that you are able to say hard things. And Sometimes saying hard things doesn't always seem nice at the time. Some of us are really dedicated to being the nicest person possible. and That's not a bad goal for most of the time, but there is going to be a time when you're going to need to convey truth and be willing to put up with some uncomfortability in that moment. Be willing to challenge others with the gospel message. Be, be willing to confront erroneous viewpoints that people have. Now, this is not license for us to be jerks to people. Certainly not. This has to be built on the foundation that's already been laid. You are acting wisely and in the moments you're speaking boldly. Many of us will err on one side or the other. We'll, we'll maybe act wisely, quote unquote, all the time and maybe neglect saying important things. And some of us just simply are truth tellers and we want to speak the truth at all times and in every way. And we got to marry those two things together and do what Jesus says and be wise as serpents and wary as doves when it comes to sharing the faith with others. With that being said, I want to let you know that I've been praying for you this week for the names that you have wrote down on that card that you received. I trust that by the end of this year, we're going to hear some incredible stories on what god has done through his spirit to draw these people uh, to him so you have a vital portion to play in christ's mission in that regard i trust that you're taking that seriously i trust that you are praying for these folks continue to do so i will as well in the meantime look out for that workshop we'll be offering regarding waypoint 3 on march 23rd it'll be here uh at the City Point Church building. So we look forward to seeing you this Sunday as we continue in our Are We There Yet? series as we cover Waypoint 4. We'll see you at 9 o'clock or 10.30 a.m.